BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Eliza Pressman, and today's episode is going to be really important if you have tweens or teens, or if you know anybody who has teens or tweens, because we're talking about party culture and not just substance abuse, but just the kind of substance use that is scaring people, that is kind of the beginnings of all of the difficult conversations that you have to have, but more importantly, the difficult decisions that you have to make about curfew and what parties are acceptable and how to help your kids learn how to navigate what's going on at parties. And we're talking about everything from drinking to marijuana to fentanyl and all the things that you kind of dread but need to know about. So this is a really practical conversation with adolescent medicine expert, Dr. Dolly Clock. She's a psychiatrist and works with families in Los Angeles. She works with teenagers and with adults on just these topics. And one thing to keep in mind is this is scary. So if you have kids who are embarking on just having a social life that's outside of a fun play date and starting to get out there in the world and go to parties, or even if you're thinking about what to do when your kids are starting to play without parents around. This is the conversation that you need to have. This is about you. I've actually pulled a lot of my Instagram listeners. So if you follow me on at Raising Good Humans podcast, I asked what you want me to talk to Dr. Clock about. So we're getting into some specific listener Q&As so that we can have a reality check and the kind of conversation that you asked for. So this is not to scare you. This is to have real conversations so that you can almost think about how to rank risk with your kids in an honest way so that you don't just say, never do anything, never go out and stay next to me for the rest of your life, because that's just not the reality of raising adolescents. So I've asked this friend and colleague, Dr. Clock, who's going to help us navigate this tricky territory. I really don't want to scare anybody. I want to help you feel more prepared for raising kids in this current culture with all the access that they have in a way that trusts that they're growing and developing appropriately, that they're going to push the envelope, but that you are there for them to make sure that the guardrails are strong enough to keep them safe. 
If you enjoy this episode, please let me know, write a review. It's super helpful. And don't forget to subscribe to my bulletin, draliza.bulletin.com for articles and extra video footage and conversations and workshops. And now we're going to get started because I know there is so much to talk about, so much to cover. And I want to give everybody tools to feel like this is manageable. We can do this and we can have open communication with our kids, support them and help them through this very exciting, but also scary time. One thing that's really important to talk about is, you know, where are these substances coming from? right? Who, who, where are you getting them? You know, if it's a prescription medication, if it was prescribed for you and your name's on the bottle and you got it from a legitimate pharmacy, then you should only be taking it the way it's prescribed and you should not be sharing it with other people. And if it's your friend's prescription that, you know, it's not for you, it's not made for your body, right? And so that should be okay. But what's most concerning to me right now is I'm hearing from teens about who are getting, getting substances from Snapchat dealers and various, you know, through social media. And so they are getting substances from dealers, right? That and, and the terrifying part to me is that sometimes it's like a dealer that's known in an area. One was just busted here in LA who was supplying to all these, you know, high school kids locally. And, and they feel like they can trust that person because they're supplying it to so many of their friends. And so that right. to me is a critical conversation to have with kids. And this is, and when I talk to teenagers about it, I say like the the random Snapchat dealer, you know, what the, they care about making money. They're not concerned with your health or your safety. But even if you feel like you know them because you've met them multiple times or, you know, that you have some sort of relationship with them, even they don't know really what's in the substances that they're selling you because most likely they're not the ones who are concocting it and making it, right? They're getting it from another drug dealer. So, so we can't assume that what you're getting is a safe product. And so that is that is really important. And also I've heard of kids who get in the car with the dealer. The dealer doesn't want anyone to see the transaction. So there's another safety conversation, right? To be had there about getting, yeah. getting into cars with people. Yeah. I mean, I see jokes all the time about like worst case scenario, your kid is just like high and, and doesn't do anything and sits and eats a bunch of junk food and like they're alive, but then right. they, and I've heard kids who say to their parents, well, I, I want to do it. So if I'm going to do it, would you make sure that I get it? Cause it's safe, things like mm-hmm. that. And I, I think I stand by like, until the fentanyl thing happened, which I mm-hmm. hope you'll talk about next. Yes, yes. I really did not, I just don't see a world where you're providing things for your children. Like that just doesn't compute that I'm hearing more and more parents panicking and saying, well, if my kids or teenagers are saying, well, I want to try weed anyway, if you don't want me to get it from a drug dealer, then go to the store and get me what you think is safe. That does not sit right with me. Right. But I understand the impulse. Yes. Because you want your kid to have safe substances if they're doing substances, which is totally a wacky it thing to wacky. consider. It is wacky. And I, I, I see why parents make that choice. And I think that it's also a reason lots of kids 
in LA have, you know, have too much fake, ID, fake IDs or, you know, Whoa. medical, medical cards, which allows them to access it at age 18 instead of 21. And cause they're wanting to get the safer, safer version of the product. All right. So now let's talk about the thing that has, I'm usually pretty chill. Mm-hmm. I mean, chill is the wrong word. I'm not that chill. <laughs> But I'm pretty, I know what's happening enough to not panic right. as much as other people panic. And I feel pretty panicked about this, this, I've, I've felt panicked about this since the first I heard of fentanyl in this context, which yeah. I hope you'll explain, yes. was when during the pandemic, mm-hmm. a child died from ordering, I think, what was meant to be Xanax. That's right. I'm not yeah. sure. Right. That was a very that was a very publicized case locally, and it's. I wish it was a unique case, but that's you know. There's so many so many stories just like this. But right, he was. It was during the pandemic. I think he was 16 years old, and he was uh, alone in his room, parents' home, and or you ordered. Feel safe. Yeah, you feel safe, and parents think you're. Too, I mean, that's a, another important point in this discussion of party culture, like. I don't want parents to assume that your child is not that I don't, again, I'm not trying to create anxiety, but it's not just the kids that are going to big parties that are potentially at risk, right? Right. Like kids can be party. There can be substances at school. There can be substances at the, you know, sleepover with two other kids, or in this case, this young boy, 16 years old, who, who ordered Xanax from a Snapchat dealer, had it delivered to his house, and and it was laced with fentanyl. So fentanyl, this is what we're talking about now. Yeah, this is it. This so is this, this is really this is it. And I agree. I I this actually it terrifies me, and I have concerns about everything else. You know, all these other substances we've been talking about. But so fentanyl is a synthetic opioid. Just if people haven't heard about it, and it's fifty times stronger than heroin, and a hundred times stronger than morphine, and it is increasingly finding its way into the, you know, black market of of drugs. So it's in the heroin supply, it's in the cocaine supply, there are fake pills, pressed pills that people get that look exactly like they're indistinguishable, some of them from a prescription pill. So people might be ordering up Xanax, like what they might take for anxiety or a Vicodin or a Percocet or an Oxy, right? Like what some people might take for as a pain reliever or an Adderall stimulants. And they look exactly like the real thing, but you can't, there's no way to know looking at it if it's real or not. And there's no way to know what's in it. And according to the DEA, so they, when they do drug busts, they analyze what's in, in these drugs. And the most recent statistic I saw was that and two out of five counterfeit pills have a lethal dose of fentanyl in it. So that's what's circulating right yeah. now. This is why we're terrified, right? So, so mm-hmm. like the, the, you know, marketing from the advocacy groups who are trying to educate people is that one pill can kill. And that is, it's unfortunately absolutely true. And so this is what we have to get. So between 2019 and 2021, fentanyl deaths in teens tripled and 77% of all OD deaths in, in teens are from fentanyl. So this is a, a absolutely a real concern and it's a conversation we have to have with our kids. And so, you know, it's, why is this in our drug supply? Like there's different thoughts around this. It's easier to because it's so very, very potent, it's easier to traffic. 
It's also a good way of hooking kids. If he's, they put a tiny if bit in it and other stuff, right? If they don't kill you, then then it's an easy way to get a high. And, and so it's a way for dealers to, to hook kids and or just customers in general. So, and it's sort of like the cost of, the cost of doing business, right? They might lose a few people. I've, I've seen some interviews on YouTube that <laughs> when I go down the dark rabbit hole of researching this stuff where they literally say that like, yeah, sometimes people die. That's part of it. Oh, so God. this is distressing, right? And so, but again, like I don't, this is not the number one most likely thing that teens are going to be encountering, right? Again, it's the nicotine, it's the alcohol, it's the cannabis, right? Just to bring it back to that. But we do have to have these conversations because it can be so dangerous, you know, with just that one-time use. So this is a conversation to have. I think people also need to know about Narcan, which is a... a, Yes. Yeah. Uh, Tell us about Narcan. Okay. So Narcan is um, naloxone. So this is a medication that is a reversal agent. So for opioid overdoses, it's most commonly used as a nasal spray that you can spray into the nose and it will will reverse. So if somebody is like unconscious from from an opiate, like like a fentanyl, it will actually, it's a reversal agent. So it can truly save a life. And so as this becomes, you know, more and more of an issue in, in the drug supply chain, I think it's important for people to know about and to think about having at home in their safety kit if they, you know, if you're someone who has a prescription for narcotics because you had a wisdom tooth extraction or something, right? And you're still using it and it's around and, you know, there's risk of other people getting into it or kids getting into it, right? So to have that, or if you're someone, a family that, you know, teens around your house a lot, you're the house that hosts the parties. Like this is something to have. I'm putting one in my my son's college who's heading off to college this fall and I'm going to have him have it in his, you know, I'm packing him with all the ibuprofen and Tylenol and like all this other stuff, but that's going to go in there too, because it could potentially save a life. So I, I feel very strongly that people need to know about that. And again, like the storage thing, like if you do have prescription narcotics in your house, please, please, like as soon as you, you know, if you had that wisdom tooth extraction or you had, you're taking it for pain after surgery or something, get, get rid of it afterwards. Don't leave that stuff lying around. It's just, it's too, it's too risky. And how do you get rid of it safely? Well, that's hard to do, but certain pharmacies will, you know, will take them back. You're not supposed to like dump it down the toilet, you know, or just throw it in the trash. You want to responsibly get rid of it. So you can call around to, you know, your local pharmacies and and find out some hospital pharmacies will, will take it back as well. So dispose of it responsibly also. And now a quick break so I can tell you about my sponsors. Parallel is the first and only OBGYN-founded prenatal vitamin offering targeted nutrition for each unique stage of motherhood. They have vitamin packs for anyone trying to conceive each individual trimester of pregnancy because baby and mom need different nutrients throughout each stage and products for postpartum and early motherhood. And each product is meticulously formulated by their founding team of world-class doctors and the mom multi-support pack, which is an awesome product. I wish I had had during postpartum in those early days of motherhood bundles together two prenatal vitamins, offering full spectrum nutrition and immunity support, a high quality omega with DHA and EPA, along with a stress support blend because parenting is high in stress and a beauty blend to support your hair, skin, and nails. It can be taken through the postpartum phase 
including during breastfeeding and up to five years after birth. And each parallel pack comes with a 30-day supply of vitamins, all conveniently bundled together into a recyclable daily pack so you can take it on the go anywhere, anytime and not forget about it and not have to organize it. So exclusively for Raising Good Humans listeners, Parallel is offering 15% off your first three months of Parallel with the code HUMANS15. Head to parallel.co, that's P-E-R-E-L-E-L dot C-O. And if you don't love it, you can cancel anytime with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Green Chef is a meal kit company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Now you can choose from all 24 recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals for different preferences. You don't have to be vegan every day. Do members of your household eat differently? Now you can order meals to suit everybody's lifestyle. Green Chef keeps mealtime interesting without sacrificing taste. And it's premium or an organic, convenient, and easy, sustainable. There are options for every lifestyle. Even the materials that it comes in, they're just the most sustainable meal kits on the market. They are both carbon and plastic offset. They offset 100% of their carbon footprint as well as 100% of the plastic in every box. And with Green Chef, you're reducing your food waste by at least 25% versus grocery shopping. And I like Green Chef because life gets busy and everything is made easy so we can enjoy a delicious meal, know it's healthy, and it just takes the work out of everything. So go to greenchef.com slash humans135 and use the code humans135 to get $135 off across five boxes plus free shipping on your first box. Go to greenchef.com slash humans135 and use the code humans135. So is Narcan the kind of thing that we're going to see kids as part of their safety kits, like you're saying for college, for high school? Is that like the future? I know this is so, isn't this unbelievable that so we're, that we're even talking about this, but, but yeah. yeah, there are some organizations that are doing advocacy work and education around this that are starting to, even in our local schools here in LA are starting to distribute Narcan to, to kids so that they can have it on hand. And this would be if they see someone else Right. Because they would be unconscious. Right. Right. It would be to use, to use on a friend, you know, absolutely. I know. Wow. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm glad to know about it. Right. I know people, uh, people have mixed feelings about it, but I want people to know all of this, everything we're talking about, I think is stuff for people to think about and figure out how it fits in with your own family and those conversations you're going to be having and which like you can't cover all of this in one sit down with your teenager. It's just not going to go over well, you know, so I'm pick so out glad those. you said that. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. So this, this conversation is not so that you go into the room with your teen in a panic and have an hour long conversation about all these different things or a five hour conversation. It's more like can you speak to that? Right. Well, and sometimes, you know, sometimes things happen and we are in a, that state of panic and we blurt out whatever we're going to blurt out and, you know, and, and that's okay. That's natural. That's like human nature. That's going to happen. But in general, the more that this can come from like a calm place and a place of curiosity and connection, right? Like 
also using media. Like if you're watching a TV show or a movie together and there's like, you know, some theme in there around substances, this works great for like sexual themes and other themes as well, right? Like then you're talking about the characters rather than your kid or their friends, but there's, there's so many teachable moments. And I do think you could use this podcast as one of those moments once you've thought about it and thought about like what piece you want to start with. And maybe it's, Uh you know, with an older teen, maybe it's that fentanyl piece. Maybe it's like, oh my gosh, I learned something today that I knew nothing about. I had not, have you heard of fentanyl? Like, what do you know about it? Teach me more. I want to understand more about it. What do you know? And maybe they have had a class at school about it and have a lot to say, right? Or they've read about it or heard about it, or maybe they know nothing. And then you can be the one to start educating them and say like, let's learn about this together. This seems like like something serious that we really need to understand and, and, and discuss and, and just have short, you know, like, it's just like, it's just like conversations about, about, you know, when they were little about where babies come from and, you know, body changes and all this, like, you just want to have like a series of like short conversations over time. And I think the ultimate goal is just for us as parents to become, askable and approachable and, and, and not be too anxiety ridden about it so that they're not worried about protecting our nervous system if something happens. And, you know, yes. So what you just said that, that last part Mm -hmm. was not a throwaway. I really Mm -hmm. would love for you to expand on that because I do think that happens that sense, like any sense of don't tell mom or don't tell dad is part partly protecting a nervous system they don't think can handle it. And we want our kids to believe our nervous system can handle it. So can you speak to that? And then that actually goes into another question that somebody asked, which is about consequences. It's not a direct line, but I do think that I would love for you to address how we can make sure that our kids buy the fact that we can handle this. Mm -hmm. And and also, what's that balance between consequences and being, you know, having a close connection and conversations so that you're not being permissive, but you're not turning it into such a fear based situation that they would rather get hurt or get in trouble from someone else right. than have you find out? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I think that the, the self-regulation piece, I mean, for parents where this is truly anxiety provoking, and you know, there are parents who just, who have a lot of anxiety and not all anxiety is bad. Some of, some of these are like highly productive people and anxiety is what helps them be productive people. But when it comes yeah. to parenting, right, when it comes to parenting, you know, it's, it's such there's these, there's true physiology happening within the parent when they see their child struggling or when there's a topic like this that they're very super concerned about, right? And so you've got your own cortisol that's surging and, and making your heart race and everything else. If you're in that kind of a moment, maybe that's not the right time to be talking with your kid, right? So maybe you need to work work on yourself a little bit first before you have those conversations with your kids, have the conversation with your partner, have the conversation with your therapist, have the conversation with some friends, talk through it a little and think about what you really want to convey because you're going to be way more effective if you can convey it in a, in a calm moment. So I think, 
I think that's huge because there's so many times where I talk with teens who are struggling and it, it ends up the more we dig in, a lot of it has to do with like, they're worried about their parents or their parents are super anxious and it's, and, and it, it, everyone starts spiraling, you know, off one another. So, so that, I think that's huge. And then in terms of consequences, oh, that's harder. Again, that's going to look different and it depends on the situation and what happened and what's the net, you know, is there a natural consequence or what? Like, is it, and again, thinking about like, what is it at the end of the day? What do you really want as a parent? Is it that you don't want your child to use at all? If Is it that you want them to use it responsibly? Is it you don't want them in that environment at all? Right? Because that's where it gets tricky. If you're concerned about them ever being around any kind of substances and you feel like there's a consequence for them, that's maybe not always fair to the teen because we can't control what other people are going to do in any moment, right? Versus the one who, you know, if they're if they're using regularly and it's impacting their schoolwork or it's impacting their their family life or their other responsibilities, like that might be a sign that they're getting into a trouble area, right? So it's not even a consequence. It becomes like a true health and safety issue. And do they do they need help, right? Is there something else? If you have a teen who's suddenly using substances that didn't before, could there be something else going on, right? Are they are they dealing with some undiagnosed depression or anxiety? Like what else is happening in their lives? Like sometimes this is a red flag that there's something something else going on. So, so just thinking about in terms of consequences is like hard for me in this area, because I think it's so multifactorial in terms of the choices that kids take, but certainly maybe it could be the type of thing where, you know, you've had an agreement and, and they're not, you know, they're saying they're going to come home at a certain time and they never do. And so maybe there's some sort of a consequence there in terms of their curfew or, you know, if, if they're repeatedly finding themselves in unsafe environments, and then maybe there's, we, you're taking a little bit of a break from going to that sort of a setting and, and doing something else. Some kids need other outlets for their risk taking, right? Those kids who really yes. thrive on the risk, like what else could they be doing? Right. That, like, right. Like go skiing, go bungee jumping, go like do something else. That's, um, relatively, you know, safe and in a controlled environment, but, but lets them experience that rush in a, in a healthy way. And now a little break. So I can tell you about my sponsor, KiwiCo, one of my favorites. Summer adventures are so much fun. And summer is a time of exploration, getting outside and being creative. It's also a time that we tend to turn the tube on for a while when we need to rest and not come up with things to do. And that's where KiwiCo is particularly is particularly helpful because you can't always think of something that's going to entertain your kids. They can't always think about how to be better at being bored. There are just moments when it just feels like, oh, I wish there would magically be a box that had all the materials for doing something creative and interesting that I don't have to deal with. And your child can get super cool hands-on science, art, geography, all of it delivered to their door every month. They're excited to see the arrival. The box arrives. It's so fun. 
and the materials are high quality and they learn something and they feel so autonomous because they've got this activity that they can follow, or you can do it with them if you're feeling like connecting and playing and engaging together. Pack summer full of memories and discover KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with the code humans at kiwico.com. That's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com, promo code humans. There was a really cool study, in, or not study, it was like a, an intervention in Iceland where they gave money to, to families to make sure that there were after-school activities that aligned with their particular whatever gets their risk-taking behavior satisfied. Yeah. And it reduced substance use exponentially, which oh, I think so is cool. so incredible. Oh, I want to look at that had study. A huge problem there. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. They changed they did it, they did a curfew. They did and because, you know, it's light till all hours of the night parts yeah. of the year. So they implemented a curfew. They created programs so that there were activities to do that would ignite that sort of set, like you're saying, exactly that, that, wait a second, if you need an adrenaline rush, or if you're interested in this mellow experience, like whatever your drug or a substance of choice might be, there might be a more productive, adaptive activity that can get the same satisfaction that isn't right. dangerous for you. Right. Yeah. I don't ever need to have an adrenaline rush. That is not for me. Well, (laughs) and that's the other point too, is like there are kids who need that rush and there are others who are very risk averse. Usually their parents are risk averse as well. Right. And so, so if you have that really risk averse kid, that might be the kid that you're more, feel more comfortable in that sort of, you know, party setting because maybe there's a good chance that they're going to, you know, stay true to themselves and they're, they're going to be fearful of trying the substance because they don't, they want to be in control and they don't want to take that risk. And so now you've given them the opportunity to show how responsible they can be in that setting. Whereas if you prevent them from ever, ever being in that setting, they'll never have that right. opportunity. And they're either. already filled with that anxiety to begin with. So yeah. maybe it's, maybe that's an interesting thing, but what, through all that, it, I think the question that came in was about consequences, but actually maybe we need to reframe what consequences means because consequences for the parents who ask that a lot, they might be looking for like that thing that's going to really show, lay down the law. But what you're talking about are things that are just maybe natural, closer guardrails just for a short time or things that maybe build better connections or, you know, okay, you haven't been used, this curfew doesn't work. You've missed it a bunch of times. It's obviously the wrong curfew. We're going to move it up earlier. Or maybe this week there's no going out, but it's not like you are in so much trouble and you should be terrified because those kinds of consequences don't typically change behavior. They just change the behavior you see. Right. That's when those are the kids that sometimes go underground. Right. And that's not what we want either. They get better and better at that. So I think it's a balance. And I think what you said about connection is so to me, that's the most important thing. Right. And, and so the more that teens feel connected with the adults in their lives who are, you know, their closest caretakers and, and the more they feel like, you know, the more you can engage with them in ways so that it's not like every 
it's hard, right? Like we're all, they're busy, we're busy. And so I feel like a lot of parent teen interactions end up either being logistical or these fearful lectures, Less right? And, and it's guilty. like, we have to find the fun again, right? And I know and parents are like, yeah, but they don't want to spend time with me or that like, I, I think there's a way, right? You got to find something they're interested in. And maybe it's the parent's exactly. job to get interested in the thing the kid is interested in and, and just have them teach you, show you, right? Like do active, like active activities, you know, physical activities that, that oftentimes helps for parents and teens who are having a hard time finding that connection. But it is about finding it through their, like what they think is a good time. Yes. This is like a weird age Mm -hmm. for kids who've been sitting in a pandemic. And so party culture feels even more unfamiliar and we didn't have the same we just didn't have the same stuff, nor did anybody have access to what we were doing. <laughs> right. I know it was so different when we were growing up, but I, you know, and I do think from that pandemic aspect, there's not just the effects on the kids in terms of what they missed out on and, you know, as it relates to party culture. But I do think a good closing thought too, is just for parents, we missed out on a lot in terms of parent community and, and so, right, right. Like the, those opportunities to just have a little chit chat at the sidelines of the sports games or at the theater performance or whatever, like that went away. And, and I think people got a little bit too comfortable on zoom and too comfortable picking up and dropping off, like from their car while they're on their phone waiting rather than getting out and talking oh to God. the other parents. Right. You're and so, so, right. so if there's anything else I can say is just because I'm, I hear so much from parents that are feeling disconnected is to just put yourself out there and try to connect with other parents or at least your friends, like be real and be honest and talk about not just, not just the highlight reel, right? Like talk about the stuff you're struggling with and, and because chances are whoever you're talking to is, is experiencing some version of that as well. And I think that we like the more we can come together as communities around all of this, the healthier for our kids.